Hello! And welcome to another excellent edition of Carrying Up the Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is the Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you liked it. Right, well, should we start with the success of my prediction? This is true. Fiona did predict before. Well, you often ask me what I think the next one is. Mm -hmm. um, Because, as you probably have gathered by now, dear listeners, I really know very little about Carry On. So I have no idea what even the options are coming up, <laughs> let alone which one's next. So after the um, Western one last time, I thought, oh, we're moving into different types of film genre. I wonder if they'd do a Hammer Horror. And lo and behold, they, they did. did. Carry on screaming. Carry on screaming. Exclamation mark. Very important. Do you want to hear some of my other suggestions oh yes these are good <laughs> well i think there is one called carry on up the kyber which uh i predict belly dancing at <laughs> to represent those of other nations <laughs> all cultures other than british yes anything <laughs> with yes and uh and then we were reflecting on the the time the mid 60s that it mm-hmm. would be by now so i thought maybe carry on hippie carry on free love one of those kind of things mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe we could do a Cold War one. Carry on, Kremlin. Carry on, carry on up the Kremlin. Carry on up the Kremlin. So these are my my predictions now, but we'll see. I think they go. They might stick with the film genre for for a little while. Mm. I think, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. So yes, I I like this one. You like this one. I yes. like this one. It was a bit different. In what way? I think it, it did a nod to a lot of other films and things like that. All right. Well, there was obviously the, the genre of... Uh, the horror film. Horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a lot of um, Adam's Family uh-huh. references yeah. in there. and um, Which would have been, I think, for Britain, would have been quite a modern reference. Oh, right, okay. Because I don't really think we got it other than the television series, which would have been around about this kind of time. Right, okay. Um... Also, I also uh, mentioned of Doctor Who. No. Oh, I, when they, I, I, who I, are you, I, Doctor What? Doctor Who? No, who's my uncle? Y- he said. Ah, I suppose, yeah, ah, sorry, I didn't see. think that kind of Doctor Who. And it had Doctor Who in it. It did, apparently. Again. He wasn't quite so good this time. Oh. Uh, yeah, I really didn't like him. Oh, dear. Sorry. Oh, well. Um... But the other thing, wasn't that, now the whole snake coming down a cord, wasn't that something of a Bond film? Oh, um, but there's a bit in You Only Live Twice where they put poison down that. Um, oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, but actually that was made after this film. Oh, so this might have inspired that. Uh, I think probably that somebody would have put, somebody would have put a, a, a snake down a cord before then. Though. Yeah, no, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um... Something that had never really struck me before I watched it tonight, and I've watched this film a few times. Um, if you remember, we spoke in the introductory episode about how this was the first carry-on that I ever saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on that so, fateful... I should have known it was, I know, coming. It was coming. We've actually also watched it before, Dan, have we but not? you've clearly forgotten that as well. So Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <It's all> right. <laughs> was it early um, in our relationship? No, I think we were married. That's how long ago, that's how, that's how recent slash long ago it was. Um, but 
something that never struck me before is, as you see, as well as being a horror film, it's also Sherlock Holmes. Yes. I did, I'd never, I'd or, never spotted or, um, that before. Real Inspector Hound kind of thing. Well, that's Sherlock Holmes. Aye, but a, a piss take. All oh, right, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. So, though, one of my, not my favourites, a delightful moment, right mm-hmm. at the beginning, was the credits. You like the credits? I like the credits that screamed. With, with the screaming <laughs> credits. Yes. And I, I, I did think it was, you know, the cutting edge of uh, visual effects there. Um, <laughs> and I related it to um, when Word just came out and you could do Word art and people just did it for the sake of, for it, the sake for of doing it for a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that was a bit... The screaming credits were a bit like that, but I enjoyed that. I have to say, there actually was an interest, I thought it was quite interesting, there was actually an actual special effect, a non-practical effect in this, in the, the end, we're going to go straight to the end now, when um, the lightning strikes Robert T. Oh, yes. There's a, <laughs> that got a laugh, just the name Robert T. <laughs> got a laugh. Um, the lightning struck and there was obviously something that was drawn on the film. Whereas all the rest of the time, when they'd been putting on the electricity, there was like a little box up at yeah, the top yeah. where there was like sparks flying. I thought, I bet you that was massively dangerous because basically they were just generating yeah. sparks, weren't they? But a, a rare practice, a rare special effect, I think, in the in the carry-ons. Well, they had her smoking and stuff. Yeah, that's a practical effect, though. <laughs> oh, you mean like a film? <coughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So there we go. Even though, obviously, all the storylines were kind of intertwined, mm-hmm. I did kind of pick out three mm-hmm. main things. One was the Adams family, whatever they were called, making the dolls. Making the dummies. The, the dummies, the mannequins. The, mannequins. Uh-huh. Uh, the second one was the, the police investigations, more, more the Of the disappearing and, women. Mm-hmm. Yes, and his relationships. And then there was the naggy wife. Yes, which does which did pay off towards the. I was thinking this is a bit gratuitous, but it does kind of pay off in the that gets that means because Harry H. Corbett's character and Joan Simms's wife don't get on, and she's suspicious of him. That's why he she follows him and yeah. then gets picked up herself as a woman. And I thought Joan Simms was very good, but uh, doing the mm-hmm. character, no laughs. It's not. It was wasted on. Her doing it was a waste. Yes. I think we could have got any um, unimpressionable woman that we normally see in these things to be the naggy wife. Because <laughs> she's good at being funny. There was no, she wasn't given funny. Mm, I, I think also um, I felt really sorry for her because in the last film, in Carry On Cowboy, she was... A voluptuous femme fatale. Siren. I know, and she's meant to be the. And now she's an old bag who is less attractive than Peter Butterworth in drag. <laughs> in the in the space of one film. I know. Film. I know. Now. And I I, I agree. I, I or I don't really agree with you insofar as I don't think she was very good. Oh really? I think she was, and this is what you'll see. For a carry up. on, she was too over the top mm. for a carry on. So now I did like. Stepto, what's his name? Harry H. Corbett. Yes. The, the, the English Marlon Brando. He is in Stepto. Yes, he's young Stepto. Did you, did you not notice? That I was going to say, they played the music. They played the music, yeah. They also played... It's a bit like when Coronation Street mentions these standards. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you can't do a crossover. They also played, you might not have noticed this because this was before your time and mine, 
Um, when the when they first showed the policemen in their cars, they played the theme from Z Cars. No, oh, did they? Which was a police. I'm aware of what uh, Z Cars. I'm aware of Z Cars. Okay. I haven't watched any of it, but I'm aware of it. Um, he was good. Harry H. Corbett. Yes, Harry mm-hmm. H. Corbett. He was good. However, he wasn't that dissimilar character from the one he's in Stepto, is he? No, but then uh, supposedly, I mean the the. Obviously, the making of the carrier is shrouded in mystery. Um, <laughs> now, some sources suggest that Sid couldn't or wouldn't do it. Sid James couldn't or wouldn't do it, uh. so therefore he didn't. And Harry H. Corbett was brought in. But other sources suggest that actually they wanted him to do it. And he got paid a massive fee for the carry-ons. Not a whole five grand. Uh, uh, more than that, more than double. Twelve grand, apparently, he got paid when the others were still on three mm. three grand. Um, and I the, think it so, was so a big name. Yes, because Stepto was huge. I, mean, yeah. I think it's, it's difficult to underestimate quite how big Stepto was to the extent that Harold Wilson, the Prime Minister, um, asked the BBC to postpone an episode of Stepto that was scheduled to be shown on the night of the general election, because he thought that it meant people People wouldn't go out to vote. So, Ken, it was a huge, huge programme. So, yeah, he was a big star. How was he? You liked him in this. I liked him in this. Mm -hmm. um, Almost to the point where, well, I'm assuming he doesn't become a carry-on regular is a bit disappointing. Oh. Because I did, I liked him. Mm -hmm. Um... I, one of the things that I, why I think this wasn't a part written for Sid James that Sid James didn't do is it wasn't really a Sid James part. It, well, know, it think, wasn't as in control as Sid James tends to be. Yes, and but I think the part was written for this actor. Harry H. Corbett. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of things he's very good at mm-hmm. as part of the character. Mm-hmm. Now, the the part could have been written for Sid James and then adapted. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... But certainly the character type was was very suited to him. I I like Doris and Jim. Doris and Jim. Doris Angela Douglas yes, and so. Jim Dale. As I know. Albert I'm Potter. mixing up characters and mm-hmm. actors' names. The the twenty year old couple. Now I think Angela Douglas might have passed for being twenty, but I think Jim Dale was a bit uh, far fetched to suggest he was twenty. Did it? Did it actually say they were twenty? Yeah, because because I actually written down before it said it. How old do you think Albert and Doris are meant to be? Right. Out in the woods, this courting couple. I know it's Victorian times, but, you know, are they essentially teenagers? What's the story? And then it mentioned that they were 20. So. Yes, that was a bit of a push. Um, But it didn't ruin it. No? What about Jim Dale? Do you like him this week? Yes, I do. I do, but I I think I like them as a couple. Oh, right. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure he held as much on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't dislike him, but uh, not as good as some of the previous performances, I think. And similarly with Kenny. You didn't like Kenny. I didn't not like him, but I didn't like him either. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, I'm glad he wasn't just another posh character that he normally does, mm-hmm. or Lustrak, or what other things that we found different. So he was fine, but. I didn't find him particularly funny. Yeah, he got a few laughs, I think, sure out of it. I, I, I wondered if, when you laughed at Rubber Titi, 
I wonder if you were laughing just at the idea that this is a funny Egyptian name, Rubatiti, or if it was the fact that Kenny somehow managed to make it sound like Rubatiti, like Rubatiti. Oh, no, I hadn't got that. You hadn't got that. No. Because uh, the reason that I mentioned that is because I think Kenny was excellent here. Really? I think he was certainly, the, I think, the best performance in this film. And, in fact, this might almost be, well, I would say it's almost definitely the best, his best performance to date. For exactly the same reasons that I thought Joan Sims wasn't good. I don't... He wasn't over the top, and no, I thought it really no, could have been over the top. he wasn't over the top. So what were the laughs that I liked of his? Um, I'm just having a look at it, if there's any others. Uh, no, no. This is just rubber no, it was just a rubber tee tee. Yeah. See? Well, so maybe you're right, then. He didn't okay. make me laugh. Um, the last I've got is Jim Dale saying... We'll be going out here and there's nothing to watch. Yes, there's nothing worth watching so far. Um, I presume it was uh, Steptoe. Harry H. Corbett. Harry H. Corbett. He said promises, promises. Ooh, yes, when she said that if he didn't get rid of the telephone, she would leave. Yeah. Ooh, promises, promises. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. It was, well, that was a very, early on, a very... Uh, Harold Steptoe yeah, moment. Yeah, yes. You can imagine him saying that to the old yeah. man in a similar kind of uh, yeah, way. It was, yeah. Interesting though that, that, again, there's a bit of social history there, the idea of telephones being introduced to people's houses. And people not and, liking them. And people not liking them. And, although and the this, silly wee cars. The silly wee cars. But back, sorry, I want to stick yes. with telephones because as well as, obviously, in Victorian times, the telephone had just been invented um, and he had one because he was a police officer... This was around the time that generally every house in Britain was starting to get a telephone. Are you on the telephone? Mm-hmm. Are your own telephone? So, okay, there's a bit of sort of, you know, social comment there as well. Enough. And my next joke, my next laugh was, um, you can come and see me anytime at my convenience. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> he was a... So, yes. Because well, he was a laboratory attendant, which is also known as a convenience. I, I think, yeah, that's what's funny. Yeah. Um, yes, Hawtrey. Hawtrey. Dan Dan, the gardening man. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I think he could have done more to make his part funny. Mm-hmm. But it was so damn short. Well... That, that, that was a bit of a kick in the teeth for him, and I know he had issues. Mm. Uh, so, I can imagine he wasn't happy. By his two scenes. Well, shall I tell you the story? Tell me the story. Because you may be right and you may be wrong. He may not have been happy because he wasn't meant to be in this film. That part uh... was supposed to be played by Sidney Bromley, who was Sam Houston in the last one, the old guy with a big beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? He was he was going to play that part. Um, and Charlie wasn't Charlie Hawtrey wasn't going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently... This news leaked out, mm-hmm. and the American distributors of the film mm-hmm. called the producer and director, uh, Rogers and Thomas, and said, you need to have Hawtrey in these films. He's the big draw. So he was then asked to be in this small part. So, on the one hand, I wasn't going to be getting in it, not happy. On the other hand, I get to do whatever that was, a day, two days worth of filming, and I get still get my three grand, and mm. I still get my fourth billing. 
Yeah. Uh, which is, as we know, is what was what mattered to Charlie. Yeah. So he was very good, though. I think I did. I did he like was him. good, but I think he could have hammed it up a little bit more. Mm, but he's he he just. He hits Hawtrey every game. Yeah. He hits his own part every time. <laughs> <laughs> You've missed a couple of laughs that you that you didn't. You uh, that's didn't the only ones I wrote. I was enjoying it too much to make notes. Because you laughed when um, when Valeria Fenella Fielding mm-hmm. um, kissed Socket Bernard Breslau, the butler, and his slippers. Oh called. yes. <laughs> you liked that, uh, and. I don't know if this was a laugh or if we might speak about this another time. John Pertwee as the um, police yeah, scientist. scientist looking through the book. Oh, I, I put that under different times. At a different time. So he was looking through the book to find out who, where did this finger that had been left behind by some beast come from? And uh, he decided it was, I can't remember what it was called. Homo sapien or something. Homo, Homo giganticus? Yeah. Like Homo giganticus or something along those kind of lines. And then he was looking at the book and made some John Pertwee funny noises. <laughs> and then said, oh no, that's the wrong Homo. And went to the right page. It's not acceptable, is it? <laughs> if the joke is that what homosexuals get up to is in no way pleasant then that is not acceptable but if it was John like, Pertwee's noises were such that he was quite excited by it so it's just like he'd opened a porn mag basically and gone ooh wrong mm. kind of thing a positive uh, is it a positive depiction of a gay character I still don't think it's accept- in Victorian times I still don't think it's acceptable to use the term homo fair enough but uh, I can see well, they a nicer term than you might have, they might have been. I know, but I, I think um, though you would have lost the joke. Um, but I think <laughs> the, um... great that we understand how comedy works. Isn't it? <laughs> there has to be a meaning to the words. Double meaning. Um, but yeah, as you say, they didn't make it too derogatory. Mm-hmm. You didn't look shocked and appalled, or, or particularly. No, no it wasn't so. obviously derogatory. No, no. So that's fair enough. Are we, or are we just defending the Carry On films? Are we defending the Indefensible there? No, I, I don't, don't know. know. You kind of fall in love with them now. I know. So that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. So what else did I laugh at? Uh, you had a laugh at. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think this is one of these ones where you were worn down <laughs> by the innuendo <laughs> of uh, Fenella Fielding asking to look at Harry H. Corbett's police whistle. Oh, I've lost the fee. I've lost it. I know, but what you laughed at was, may I blow it? May I blow it, I know. Which I thought, actually, when you thought about it, was uh, a very well-paced out scene of, you might not have got immediately that we were conflating his whistle with his penis, but by the time (laughs) we got to the line, may I blow it, you everybody would have been in with it. I know. So I I bet you that got Belter in the cinema. Mm. I bet you it got a belter. So you like that one? I take it I laughed enough. You all definitely laughed enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really been any danger of that in any of the films, really, that you haven't got to laugh at the, the requisite six times. Um, when uh, Sergeant Bung came back and found Constable Slowbottom, Peter Butterworth... Um, oh, we haven't spoken about him. We'll I didn't like him. Because you're wrong. <laughs> um, came back and he'd been looking at the files. Oh God! I see. <laughs> I found something similar in all of them. 
I found something similar about all of them. Well, of course you have. We buy all our files from the same shop. <laughs> that was good. That was proper humour, that. Yeah. Now, you see, you didn't like Peter Butterworth. No. I shouldn't have just said you were wrong, because that might have closed down your debate. <laughs> Why don't you like, what don't you like about him? Bear in mind that you're wrong. <laughs> well, I don't dislike him. I just didn't think he was... He didn't strike me as particularly good. And I, I'm sure you're about to list a whole lot of things of his that I laughed at. Mm-hmm. But, and I suppose because he, he was playing a fool character that I didn't warm to him. But, yeah, I didn't, didn't. And he's probably necessary for Stepto, but. Yeah. Um, you laughed when you realised that he was going to have to be the one that was going to be in drag. I don't know why. As bait. To be a to be a woman to debate for the creature to come and get, you then laughed several times when he was a woman, which was oh it's when he was dealing with the underwear. I don't know what they call them, but they've split. And and the bit when he says that's that's got me. Oh, did not catch me. Yes, the corsets. These corsets did not catch me. And um, oh well, this wasn't really him. This was uh, when Harry H. Corbett told Jim Dale. There's something, or Jim Dale said there's something funny about him, about that woman. That's not a woman, it's Constable oh. Slowbottom, he's just dressed the woman. You don't think that's funny? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that got a laugh as well. No, Peter Butterworth is great. I'm, I will, I will brook no argument here. Okay. He is excellent, and will continue to be excellent. Okay, um, that's fine. Especially since, uh, now I wonder if subconsciously, part of the reason you don't like him is, he's playing the Kenneth Connor character. Yeah, I do miss not having a Kenneth mm. Connor. But uh, to be honest, to, to sing the praises of Kenneth Connor. What's happened to him? Has he died now? Who? Kenneth Connor? Yeah. No, he's just not in the films at the moment. He might come back. Is or he, he might doing not. other exciting oh, he acting was, or something? Yeah, he was always a big okay. Kenny. He turned up in loads of stuff, Kenneth Connor. Um, somebody who never really got a starring role, he said, he thought he thinks. Never really got a starring role, but who was mm. like always working. Um, but let's sing the praises of Kenneth Connor because I think a young Kenneth Connor could have played the Jim Dale part. If you think back to the early films, mm-hmm, Ken, mm-hmm. that's kind of the Kenneth Connor character. Um, Kenneth Connor could have played the Peter Butterworth yeah. slow, uh, slow bottom part, and I think actually Kenneth Connor could have played Sergeant Bung. It's hard to visualise someone that isn't Steptoe. Mm, okay, well, see, it was big, big, big impact he made there. Mm. Um, yeah, other laughs were when when uh, Sergeant Bung was the Mr. Hyde creature, werewolf creature, went to steal the Man dummy thing, from yeah. the shop. He jumped with both feet onto the oh, yes. onto the pavement. Well, that and that bit, got a little laugh. I thought it was a bit of a nod to Charles Haltry in the in the jar at uh, Carry On Cleo when he was. Oh right! Oh yeah. <laughs> so these carriers are making you remember previous carry on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and the last laugh was uh, when Oddbod Junior had left behind his ear when he took Constable <laughs> Slowbottom. Uh, and Sergeant Bung showed it to Valeria and said he, he left this it. behind. What this this here? What that there? 
No, that there. I don't know. It was, it was an ear, 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 mm. ear confusion. I spoiled that, haven't I? <laughs> Sorry, I think they they would have seen the film. Yeah. Well, can I ask you? Can I ask a question about mm. it? In that, it was a spoof horror film. Mm-hmm. Was it scary? No, but it wasn't meant to be. So you weren't at all. I know we're like grown people, and this was made fifty years ago. But like Oddball and Oddball Junior, they weren't. No, they're adorable. Scary. Okay, Socket wasn't. No. All right, fine. They were adorable. Oh, especially Oddball Junior going. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you'll like that in the morning. <laughs> Never be compared to Oddball Junior before. <laughs> Adorable though. Would you rather be compared to Oddball or Oddball Junior? <laughs> uh, Oddball Junior was adorable. Oddball was just Oddball. Oddball. Um, Bad bod. I, Naughty bod. I was very pleased that I predicted that he was going to grow a whole new odd you, bod from the finger. You did from the finger, yeah. Mm. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. were the sets. Which, the sets. Were, again, we're up a notch with mm-hmm. actual proper sets with moving secret doors and uh, things, mm-hmm. electricity and that. Is it, is, is, was there some leftover sets in Pinewood or, or was this a... It was generally a Victorian house, so I yes, imagine I think, you could probably see a few other films that yeah. these panels, etc., would have been used in. But they were very nice. I thought it was interesting, didn't really get mentioned, was there was a lot of sort of African art on the walls and that kind of thing. But I wonder if that was just going to put some odd stuff in this. Well, thing. I think they, it was just viewed that they collected mm-hmm. things um, like the mummy and all And obviously the mummy was there to be mm-hmm. regenerated, but... Rabatiti. Not regenerated, that's one kind of film. They did talk about regeneration. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. yeah. um, Although regeneration in Doctor Who had not happened when this film was made, so <gasps> maybe they got it from the carry-ons. <laughs> Paging Andrew Pixley. But I did I did think they're, they're splashing the cash on, on sets and things now, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. They're, they're making the most of their success. I don't think they're splashing the cash, I think they're using what's there. I know, but they must, to adapt it at least, mm. um, I thought the cars were... Mm. I would imagine they might be just the men, Fred Flintstone style, pushing them along. <laughs> the, the police one certainly didn't go at any speed. No. Uh, and I love Jim Dale just kneeling at the back there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving over there. Uh, and especially when he got off at the convenience and started rubbing his knees because they were sore. <laughs> oh, Dad didn't notice that. Yeah. I was still thinking about, you're the only two cars literally on the road. Why did you not think it would be obvious that you've just pulled in behind them? <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> now, you said that at the end, before we were watching the film, well, that took a dark turn. Oh, I didn't like, I didn't like him keeping the, the mannequin wife and having his by the inn stay there. <laughs> but what about the fact that the, that the mannequin wife, without the electricity being applied to her, Winked. What was well, that about? That was even darker because it was like she was. It was made clear that she was fully aware that she was trapped in this prison mm. and watching his, his husband having it off. Well, I you, you that, don't know that that, they, that that had happened. Well, she was there, mm, and, and the woman, there. the woman couldn't have. I meant just living. All right. Yeah. You know, um, 
And the woman couldn't do anything about it. I thought that was a horrible thing to end with. It's like the end of My Little Eye. It's horrible. All right, I've not seen My Little Eye. Oh, don't. It's it's a horrible film. All right, okay. Um, One of the things that I thought about was, um, if you remember, one of the things that Dr. Watt said is that the problem with his regenerative technique is that everything is so brittle and bits fall off, like the finger in the ear. And then, and then you think, but hang on a minute, Angela Douglas has been revived using your regenerative technique. So first of all, won't she need to be charged up every now and then like you Nodbods do? And number two, are things going to But she wasn't off? dead. Well, she'd been vitrified into the... I know, but I mean, in terms of she... Oddbod was Homo giganticus mm-hmm. from 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. He had probably oh right as in the, the she oh, okay All so right. it, it's decomposing people that might mm. it. I don't know that's just a theory there. There was also a slightly well there's quite a few dark points but the other dark point that I noticed was the idea that Valeria and Doctor Watt were somehow doing something beneficial by keeping the girls young and beautiful rather than letting them eat. Oh, I think that was just a passing comment. They were blatantly just making mm. money. No. It got me thinking. That's one of these things that you. What, are you you... going to try and keep me young and beautiful rather than watch me age? No, and and I hope nothing ever happens to you because obviously this podcast will now be forever. Forever said. Um, But it's the kind of thing that you sometimes hear, you know, the the accused said that he just wanted to keep her the same as she'd always been and that kind of thing. No? No. Well, you'll think about that tonight. Thanks. Send a, you uh, might be in the spare room tonight. Icy fingers down your <laughs> oh, promises, promises. Um, icy fingers down your spine. There was uh, one uh, bit, even though I said the sets were good. Mm-hmm. There's one bit that I thought was particularly poor when they were fighting with our Bod and our Bod Junior at the end there, mm-hmm. and the the wild man Jim Dale mm-hmm. threw our Bod Junior across the room. It was the most s- solid dummy yeah. thing that was thrown across the room ever and I just thought that was a shame because it had been good up to then yeah well certainly the and, and I would tell you especially given that as I think we remarked upon the battle in Carry on Cleo being very realistic mm. and I would say the same thing in the the horse riding in Carry on Cowboy yeah so for a simple throw across the room to be Can so obviously not real stuntman or something mm. Well, of course, the thing is that uh, Tom Clegg and Billy Cornelius, who played Oddbod and Oddbod Jr., were stuntmen. Oh, so they could have easily <laughs> so, you know, But I think the problem is, could Jim Dale have lifted and thrown them? Although, I think some of that is, you know, you no, well, helped the guy to throw you. But so. the scene was didn't have Jim in it that had the body flying across the Oh, when, it, when you saw the, yeah. the reverse side, right, okay. All right. Okay. That's all I have to say about but, that. But all in all, you enjoyed it very muchly. I did. Right. Shall we go through the, the performances? No, not, well, we'll do Death Week too, but we'll do the performances as well. Just to Haven't we spoken to about everyone? Well, I just want to make sure we've actually name-checked everybody. So, Harry H. Corbett as Sergeant Bung. Uh, Kenneth Williams as Dr. Watt. Liked him. Uh, Jim Dale as Albert Potter. Liked him. Charles Hawtrey as Dan Dan, the sanitary man. Liked him, wanted more. Fenella Fielding as Valeria. I thought she was very good. Did you recognise Fenella Fielding? I, I knew she'd been in other Carry On films, hadn't she? Yeah, well, in one, she was Penny Panting in Carry On Regardless. I mean, she does look quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the one who Kenneth Connor had been uh, 
sent and she was basically trying to make her husband jealous. Yeah. Kind of similar to some of what was going on in this film. I mean, she is an actress, is mm-hmm. what okay. uh, she's labelled as. Uh, Joan Sims as Emily Bong. I thought she was good. Angela Douglas as Doris. Liked her. Uh, Bernard Breslau is socket. He was brilliant. He's brilliant, isn't he, Bernard Breslau? Peter Butterworth as Constable Slowbottom. I will say he is good. Because he is. John Pertwee as the... Uh, oh, I can't say he was good. No. Like his Scottish accent. No. No? Alright. Uh, Tom Clegg as Oddbod. Fair enough. There wasn't much acting in it. Billy Cornelius as Oddbod Jr. Look at that I, I, face. I think he was adorable. I like the noises he made. Look at that face. The legendary Marianne Stone as Mrs. Parker. Oh, uh, well, she was hardly in it. But she's legendary Marianne Stone. Oh, I'm sure I'll say she's great then. And Dennis Blake as Robert T.T. <laughs> well, again, not much acting involved. <laughs> you didn't even have eyes to work with there. All right, the death sweep. Dead, dead, live, dead, 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 live, dead, dead, dead. Dead, 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 dead. Well, Harry H. Corbett, you think was dead? Yeah. Is dead. He is dead. Uh, yes, you're right, Jim Dale is still that's alive. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you started to remember who's alive and who's dead. Fenella Fielding. Is she not dead? 90 years old. Oh, well done, her. You go, girl. I meant to get a photograph of her to show you what she looks like today, but we will do that later. Uh, I Angela think she Douglas. Gone for work. Angela Douglas is alive. Um, uh, Breslau Butterworth, Pertwee dead. Tom Clegg dead. Billy Cornelius, I think, might still be alive. Old Odd Bod Junior. Well, if you're listening, write in. <laughs> yeah, why not write in? <laughs> We'd love to hear from Odd Bod Junior. You were charming and lovely uh, fifty <laughs> years ago. I had a friend when I was young. Just the one. Who bore more than a passing resemblance to Odd Bod <laughs> Junior. Is that the only way you could be friend? If I have a friend, it's, it's the freaks and <laughs> what? What? How dare you? That's one of my friends. No, Kenny okay, wasn't. He just you're the one that says he looks like a boy. I know, but he, he didn't look exactly like Oddbod Junior. But facially, below the massive forehead, he looked a bit like Oddbod Junior. You're anyway. increasingly becoming like Oddbod Junior. Do you think? In in body hair. <laughs> you know what they say: a hairy man's a happy man. How your wife's a witch. That's right. Um, so, uh, do we have anything else? No. Apart from the, uh, obviously, the question. Well, I'll do that after I've spoken about, uh, we've had a, a lovely email oh, yeah. this week um, from Jason. Thank you very much, Jason. He says he loves the show. Stop. Uh, and uh, and he, he hopes we get to the end, uh, as, do, as do we. Uh, so thanks very much for that, Jason. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can email us at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or contact us at carryonpodcast on Twitter. So then the final question is, do we carry on? Yes, go to So with no more ado then, uh, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. Somebody should do that. Isn't it? Join us next time when we carry on the missus. Bye. Bye. Carry on. Regardless. Regardless.